Tuesday with Tamika. Thank you all so much for joining me for yet another episode of Tuesday with Tamika, where you guys already know what it is. We believe in lifting as we climb, turning those trials into treasures, living a life to inspire and not impress, and allowing God to fully restore all the parts of us. This episode I know is going to be a good one. I do want to give a trigger warning because it may be something that triggers things inside of you that you have not dealt with. But I don't want you to turn away. I want you to listen, listen, bring your young girls in, bring anyone in that may be dealing with this tough, tough topic of childhood sexual abuse. Before we get started, I want to kind of just talk to you guys about the power of being disconnected. So I was on a podcast interview earlier and literally, I don't know what happened, but my, my camera went off, my sound went off and I was completely disconnected. I was unable to reconnect to what I thought I was supposed to do. And I believe that that's how God does a lot of us. He disconnects us in order for us to be exactly where we're supposed to be. So if you're listening to this and you feel disconnected to community, you feel disconnected to your work, you feel disconnected, it's a possibility that God has disconnected you in order to reconnect you to your power source, which is him. I believe that my guest is gonna have some more juicy nuggets to add to even that conversation. So without further ado, I wanna go ahead and bring her in. Hey sis, you have a minute? Hey sis, hey, sis, you got a minute? Hey sis, you got a minute? Hey sis, you got a minute? Hey sis, you got a minute? Hi Tanika, thank you so much for inviting me to join you in your community. I'm very excited to be here. Oh, um, thank you, Patty. I'm excited for you to be here. Tell the TWT family a little bit more about yourself. I, I am happy to. So I um, was sexually abused as a child. And honestly, I never thought about it. I just didn't think about it ever. And as I was in my late teens, I started gaining and losing a lot of weight. So I would gain or lose 50 to 75 pounds every two years. And I did it for 20 years and I was a fantastic dieter. So it was never about taking the weight off. It was always about maintaining it and I couldn't. And the bigger issue for me was that I felt like I was unacceptable to men and I just felt like I was unattractive and I couldn't have a relationship and I was desperate to have love in my life. So at the age of 38, I started seeing um, a therapist who dealt with eating disorders. And as she got to know me, she said, you know what, your weight is merely a symptom of something much bigger. It's about your childhood sexual abuse. And until you deal with that, you're never going to have the life and the love that you want to have. So that's really where my journey begins. Um, and I do just want to quickly talk about what you were saying about being disconnected because that resonates so strongly for me. Um, I actually just published a book and I know Tamika, you said you would make it available to your community. I'm very excited about that because I just want it to find its tribe. But one of the things that I started doing through this course of my journey was I started meditating. And as I was meditating, I had my own system of beliefs and spirituality and God. But one of the things that I felt really strongly about was that I was connected to the universe. And that is a driving force for me still. And even when things don't go the way I hope, they don't go the way they want, the way that I may desperately want, I try to remind myself that I want what the universe wants, no matter what. Because no matter how painful something may be in the moment, I am certain that it's going to work out the way it's intended to. And that brings me a lot of comfort. Yes, I love that. I love that how you shared 
we're, you know, we're exactly where we're supposed to be and what's supposed to come to to us is definitely going to come to us. So I want to talk about the story, the story behind the message, because in order for you to truly be able to put a project out like your book, and I'm super excited to gift that to all of our listening audience and to those that are a part of the TWT tribe. And if you're listening to this and you just happen to stumble across the podcast, send me an email at tuesdaywithtamika at gmail.com and I will send you a copy of her book that she so graciously has sent to all of us. I want to talk about the story um, because I am a firm believer. Um, I have, when I'm working with clients, and they are heavier or they're dealing with weight or they're de- dealing with issue, um, eating, um, any type of eating disorder, anything like that, I often tell them that this is a cover. They're covering something deeper. And until we get to the root of it, they'll never be healed. They'll never be able to walk in freedom. So when did you realize that you had beca- had started to use food or your weight or dieting as a coping skill instead of dealing with the painful past of your molestation or your childhood sexual abuse? I would say I was 38 years old because that's when I started therapy. Um, and it just so happened that my therapist, her specialty was EMDR, which is e- eye movement desensitization reprocessing. And it's a, por- a form of therapy and it deals with trauma. But again, I looked for her because she specialized in eating disorders. And in my mind, that was my issue. It was about my weight. And it was only when I started working with her where she was like, no, it's not about your weight. And, you know, so it's fascinating what we we don't make connections, right? And I, I don't think I ever would have made the connection. I just got to a point where I was exhausted by my weight fluctuations. And, you know, in the course of writing this book, one of the things that I stumbled upon was one, I don't think that there's nearly enough linkages between sexual abuse and any kind of addiction to food, alcohol, drugs, whatever it may be, or certainly not food. I think that drugs and alcohol tend to get a little bit more people's more immediately think of them as being connected. Mm -hmm. But food is no different. If you're trying to distract yourself, if you're trying to blot out other things, you know, food is a very handy, easily accessible. And I think in particular for women, it's a very socially acceptable way to self-medicate. And one of the things that when I started to really think about, can I write a book? Will I write a book? Should I write a book? I started to look for the connection between eating disorders and sexual abuse. And there's very little out there except scholarly papers, which people like me are not going to read. But one of the things that I stumbled upon was that 42 million Americans have experienced sexual abuse. Another 30 million have an eating disorder. And these two things often go hand in hand. Wow. Those are like staggering statistics, 42 million and then 30 million dealing with an eating disorder. And I completely agree. When I think about, even for women, we're told things like when we're on our menstrual cycle, there's, you know, the bonbons and the ice cream and the, <laughs> so we, we automatically associate. And then a lot of times when women, when we do social gatherings, I know for me, I could just speak for me. I'm always like, okay, what is on the menu? Like, exactly. you know, <laughs> so it has become an acceptable, just part of our culture and our way of living. So then when someone is, and then we know that, especially in the States, in the United States, I don't know what the statistics are, but I know it's something between 60 and 70% of all Americans are over, are obese or overweight. So then it just becomes like this normal thing where it's another layer of something that we can just 
kind of excuse and not look at the deeper issue. So once you started therapy in the EMDR, I think that that is a phenomenal um, rapid, it's, it's quick, right? So you don't have to spend years and years and years and years trying to get to the root of things. You're able to easily spot that trauma and start to heal it. When you discovered that this was what was causing the weight gain, what were some things that resonated with you? What were some aha moments? What were some things that you were like, oh, shoot. And then from there, were you able to lose the weight and keep it off? Um, so I am going to just say that while EMDR is supposed to be very quick, which for me was very appealing, my particular journey was not quick Mm -hmm. and I don't want anybody to get discouraged. Mine was 12 years and I was in, I worked with my therapist who did EMDR with me the entire time, but we got to a point where I was stuck. And what I really wanted was my driver was I wanted to open myself to love. And Mm -hmm. that proved to be such an intractable and tough nut to crack that I ended up ultimately going for chiropractic care, which is a different kind of therapy. I went to a sex therapist. I went to group therapy. I moved heaven and earth to move the needle on what my issue was. So my journey was long. And you know what? Again, if you, I used to always say to her, when am I going to be cured? When am I going to be done? And she said to me all the time, she's like, I have no way of knowing. You have no way of knowing. You're going to be done when you're done. Like it, that's just the way it is. And I would say, to anybody, don't get discouraged by that. Because again, we move at the pace that we're able to, which is incredibly frustrating in the moment, but it is what it is. And if we're fortunate, because not everybody is, we have tomorrow. So Mm -hmm. it's like, you just make small progress every day. And I will say, I started losing weight immediately. I have been roughly the same weight for 15 years and I've lost over a hundred pounds. And it was the first time in my life. I never gained it back. Wow. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that, Patty. Thank you for sharing, for clarifying, um, because I do believe everyone's journey is different. And when we begin, which is one of the reasons why we get in these traps is because we believe that there's this copy and paste way of doing mm-hmm. things. And we get into the fad diets and, well, this person said, drink the pineapple juice. And this one said, do the green drinks. And, the, you know, instead of realizing that all of our journeys are unique, you were going to add something to that, Patty. What was your your other thought around that topic? I, I was going to say a couple of things that while I have been very successful at maintaining my weight, it doesn't mean that I feel like I look amazing. I look fantastic. I think that's a deeper issue. I think that is part of being female or identifying as female is that, you know, we're always like, just like you said, comparing ourselves to others and they look better. They look this, they like, they look that. But I will say there is a world of difference between torturing myself about being a hundred pounds overweight versus five or 10. But to that note too, emotionally healthy people don't hate themselves because they don't weigh a certain number right? Like emotionally healthy people love themselves at any weight and look at it as being nothing more than a number. People Mm. who are dealing with other things, have other issues at play, attribute their unhappiness or this, their displeasure or dissatisfaction in life to something like their weight. Mm -hmm. So again, the weight's kind of irrelevant as long as you're healthy. Like, (laughs) I agree 100%, especially because if we start talking about body types and culture, right. And, you know, ethnic backgrounds, Yep. so many folks will get caught up into this, you know, what do they call it? The BMI. And most of us, that is so unrealistic. And so we will never fit into that ideal, what the BMI says. I know every time I go to the doctor, they're like, oh, you're overweight, you're obese. And I'm like, well, listen, the way these jeans is fitting and the way I feel when I <laughs> 
with it. So I love that you brought that up as well. Patty, you have truly done what we encourage all of our listeners to do, which is turn our trials into treasures by making this lifelong battle that you were fighting um, into a beautiful book that now you have turned it into literally gold and literally into a treasure. Tell us more about this project and what even sparked this idea to write your book. Um, Yeah, I would love to, because it is, if you knew me, it would be the last thing you would think I would do. And I would have told you what I have ever written a book about this, I would have said I had a greater chance of being the queen of England because it just was so unlikely. I was (laughs) so closed and I found my, we all have secrets, right? Like that's life. I found mine so shameful and I felt so ruined. I didn't tell my closest friends until I was in my forties. I had already been in therapy for several years before I I felt like I could tell anybody. And Mm -hmm. when I started therapy, it was overwhelming and I made huge amounts of progress, but it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. It's, you know, and it's a big emotionally, it's draining. It's exhausting. I mean, and again, it's not a zero sum game every day. I got happier, but it was a lot. And I had nobody to talk to about it. And as a way to process what I was going through, I would come home from every session and write down what happened and how I felt about it. And at the end of my like incredible odyssey, I had 1200 pages of just my musings about what I had done in therapy. And I had thought to myself, I was like, I should write a book, you know, like I have all the raw material and I did it for more than any other reason, because again, I had shared with you very quickly that I feel very connected to the universe. And one day it popped into my head. I thought I should write a book. And I thought, you know what? I, I should. And I thought, could I write a book? And I went into it with this very open heart and open mind where I thought I would have no preconceived notions of where it's going to take me. And maybe it's just for my own sake. Maybe it's just a way for me to write down everything that happened to me and make sense of it. Or maybe it's a way for me to share it with my friends and make myself more vulnerable. And I would say, excuse me, I was two or three years into the process where I thought, could I publish the book? So Mm -hmm. I kept checking in with myself at every juncture. Is this, does this feel right to me? And I still do that, excuse me, with kind of everything. I am very fortunate, I think, in that the one thing I don't ever doubt is my own gut instinct. So if something comes to me, even if I don't fully understand why, I trust that it's right for me. And Mm -hmm. I will, I will just, just as I can see you and you have your hands over your heart, I put my hands over my heart and I think about whatever it is that I'm contemplating. And if it makes me smile, like you're smiling now, I know it's right for me. And I promised myself, I promised God, if he showed me the path, as long as I was in his swing, I would follow that path no matter how far, no matter where it led, that I would follow it to the end. Wow, Patty, that that's so beautiful. And I just want to give you confirmation that you're definitely on the right path. So I believe that God, you know, he gives us what is called like these little God winks. And so it's like a little whisper. And then, and then as long as you listen to that little whisper, he'll give you another one and he'll give you another little, you know, how, when like a little kid's doing good, or, you know, something you give them that little wink, like I see you, you're doing well. (laughs) I believe that God does that. And then it allows us to continue on that path. So in 2020, well, I wrote my first book in 2015. And then in 2020, I literally did what you what you did. And my first book, it was a collection of stories. I would tell people these stories about my kids and, and things that happen. 
and they would, I would see the emotion that it moved them. And I, to me, it was just a story. It was something that happened. It wasn't anything big, but I saw the way it moved people. So I started to put those pit, those, um, stories to paper in my community. I tell the ladies, we put things on paper on purpose. So whenever we're journaling or we're doing, there's a purpose to that. And so then that became my first book. And then my second book, I literally every single day for the last 15 years, I get up every morning and I write five things that I'm grateful for. And then five things that I call my non-negotiables. These are things that I believe, okay, I need to do X, Y, and Z today. I I remember God saying, why don't you give that to other people? Make a journal out of it. And I'm like, huh? Like, <laughs> like you know, it's just something that I did. And literally that journal has sold probably over five, 600 copies. And it just blows exactly. my mind because exactly. it was something so simple. But like you said, listening and following. And I believe that that's also a big part of our healing journey when we're able to listen and follow to ourselves. We spend so much time trying to get validation from people, but that check-in with self is imperative. That's when I know, okay, I'm on the right track. I'm healing because I'm not looking for anyone to co-sign. I'm not looking for anyone to give me the hand clap. I'm just following those God wings. So thank you so much for sharing that. I want to kind of wrap up this podcast. It's been so beautiful just chatting with you and learning about your process. If there was a young girl, a young woman, a middle-aged woman, someone that was dealing with the effects of childhood sexual abuse, and they didn't know where to turn. They don't even know if they're ready to acknowledge that this thing happened to them. What advice or what instruction would you give them, Patty? That is a great question. And and I feel like there's a, a few things that I would say. One of them is don't be discouraged if you don't feel like you can take action today right? Mm -hmm. Again, if we're fortunate, we have tomorrow. And just because you feel a certain way today doesn't mean you're going to feel that way tomorrow. So I would say, try to be patient and kind with yourself. And I know it's hard, but just don't force anything. When you're ready, you'll be able to do what you want to do. The other thing is take very, very small steps. So maybe look online. There's organizations like RAIN, it's R-A-I-N-N.org. They have all kinds of help and they have a chat line. They have a text line. They have all kinds of resources and it might be a good place to start. And actually in my book, I list resources at the back as well. Um, And then I would say too, if you can try and find somebody to share, if you have someone close in your life who was on your side. And I want to make that distinction because sometimes people have people in their lives that it does not serve their best interest to have them in their lives. Mm. And, you know, and, and I think, unfortunately, that's based on a whole bunch of different reasons. But if you have somebody in your life that you know, you can count on who genuinely cares about you, you don't have to tell them your story, but you can tell them that, you know what, I'm sad today. Mm. or I'm struggling with something, just try to share a little bit about how you're feeling. Again, you don't have to reveal anything more than that, but just try to like kind of make that connection. And then the last thing I would say, and this is going to be a hard one because it's so emotional, but I would say for anybody who struggles, try to remind yourself, even if you don't believe it, that it is not your fault because it is not your fault. And the reason that I say that's a hard one is, is that I, I felt like part of my one of the reasons it took me so long in therapy is that I could never shake that it was my fault. And even though intellectually I knew it wasn't my fault, emotionally, I didn't believe it. 
And until you believe it emotionally, it doesn't matter how many people tell you something is true. You just, you don't get there unless you come to believe it. So, you know, so that would be my thing. It's not your fault. You might not believe it today, but truly it's not your fault. Excellent advice, Patty. Thank you so much. Thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for turning your trial into treasure. Thank you for truly living a life to inspire and not impress. I cannot wait to dive into this book because as a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, I feel like that there's so many different layers, right? And once I get over one thing, something else triggers and something else, and then I'm able to have resources like the one that you just shared to go back to and check in with myself. Patty, where can the TWT family get in contact with you? Um, so I have a website, pattycabot.com. You could also download my book from there if you would like to. It's free. Um, there's a you can email me from there. Um, I'm not that hard to find. I am on Facebook and Instagram. I'm not great about social media, but I am there. <laughs> and if you reach out to me, I am going to be happy to reach back to you. One more thing I want to say because it again resonated. Yeah, I feel like you and I are just like. So, so intertwined. <laughs> I wake up and it's the first thing I do every morning. And the last thing I do every night is I thank God for this day. And then I thank him for my moonbeam, which is my sweet little furry girl, Olive, who passed oh. a year and a half ago. And for a long time, I didn't feel like I was capable of love except for her. Wow. And even though she lived to be 19 and a half, she had a very long life for a cat. But even though she's gone, I see her everywhere. And that is my gift from God. Mm-hmm. She is everywhere. And I so. Every time you say like that, there are these little God wings. There are just try to, when I meditate, I'm like, help me have an open heart and an open mind. Help me see what you want me to see so I can be who you want me to be. It's all um, beautiful, beautiful, Patty. Thank you so much. TWT family, make sure you like, rate, share the podcast, send it to someone that you know is dealing with this tough topic and let them know that they're not alone. Trauma has a way of making us isolate and making us feel ashamed and guilt that comes over us. But with connection with folks like myself and Patty, it truly opens the doors to freedom and for you to walk in the restoration that God has for you. Until next week, TWT family. Bye-bye.